0: Welcome to Real Financial Planning, broadcast on WKXL and available wherever you get your podcasts on all of your favorite podcast listening platforms. We're also available as a video wherever you get your videos. I can't quite promise that (laughs) because I don't know. Maybe you go to some weird places.
1: But as long as it's YouTube. (laughs)
0: Any any choice. It's like when when Henry Ford came out with a Model T, he said, look, you can have the car in any color you want, as long as it's black. Well, you can see this video anywhere you want, as long as it's YouTube. That wisecracking voice you just heard a second ago, or maybe you saw a moment ago, is Mike Morton of Morton Financial Advice and the host of Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs, an outstanding podcast that also appears in the Capital Close-Up Podcast feed. Mike, how are you?
1: Hey, doing well, Matt. <laughs> yeah, that was a,
0: that was a mouthful that I just uh, unloaded on everybody uh, there.
1: Great. <laughs>
0: good, 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 good. Well, look, we've been doing a feature on this show that I think is really fun where people can send in their questions. You can email. Mike, give that email again.
1: Yeah, we definitely love this. Want to hear more from the listeners because we want to deliver... You know, content, things, answers, and, and communications around your questions. So please, if you have anything at all, you know, send it over. We'd, uh, we'll air your question, try to give you at least a perspective on it. So the email is financialplanningpod at gmail.com.
0: And you can also find us in the Beyond Politics. There are different Beyond Politics Facebook pages, it turns out. We're beyond politics. (laughs) How how, how far
1: beyond are you?
0: (laughs) We're 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 way out there. I'm not gonna lie. Actually you should check out the video. Did we did a video with the top UFO video analyst in the world. And, And It was great, like he really broke these things down. It was super interesting and scientific. Anyway, it was totally fascinating. We also do financial planning. This is reminding me of that episode of Parks and Rec where people could call in with any question about anything. It's like, (laughs) hey, I, I have a scratch on my table. What do you do? It's like, well, rub it with a walnut. That'll cover up the scratch. It's good information. But if you want financial planning information, this is where you come. So check out that email or the Facebook page. So here's a real question from a real life person a young person and he writes i'm going to read this off i'm turning 18 soon i have an account shared with my dad but there are there specific funds i should invest in for example roth ira target date fund and should i invest in foreign markets and am i even old enough to do that or should i stick to choosing companies i think will do well and stick to those Great series of questions all on the theme of what do I do if I'm a relatively young investor? Mike Morton, you're a young person. No, not really. What should you do if you're a young investor?
1: I was a young person once and I did not have the insight to ask any of these questions, which would have been great at the time. So first is congratulations of even you know thinking about investing for the future. Um, and having, you know, some means to be able to do that as well is great. So that's the first thing is just to congratulate where you are, because we've said it before on this show without the savings part, you know, then you don't get the opportunity to invest. And so that's always step one. And if you're doing that, if you are saving something for the future, you're already winning at this game, um, and setting yourself up for success. So that is just great, knowing that even if you make mistakes along the way, like we all will you know around investing, uh, at least you're starting off and and putting something you know putting something out there, getting going, and you will definitely be rewarded in the future so that's fantastic now there's a lot of questions in here, so we're going to you know parse it out and give some give some advice uh, for young people out there and I also love this question because. There's a lot of uh, students out there, whether they're high school, college. I'm thinking of a lot of the listeners right now tuning in have kids, you know, that are you know 16 or 20 or 25 that um, they can also listen into this advice and pass on um, to their to their child or send them the podcast, send them to the YouTube video, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and they can check it out there. So <clears throat> let's dive into where do you even get started with this. <clears throat> the first thing is just to get started. When you are young and you can invest for the future, you have a long time horizon ahead of you, and that is one of your superpowers, being young, because if you can, the compounding interest, the eighth wonder of the world is really going to be in your favor if you're starting young, even starting at you know 20 years old. You know, by the time you have 40 years ahead of you towards that quote unquote retirement age um, and you just let money sit there and compound, it is going to really, really work to your advantage. So whatever you do, get some money in there, get it invested, get going and let that compounding work for you. Right,
0: right. That's actually, I mean, that's a really good piece of generalized advice, which is just start to think in terms of that long time horizon and the fact that you can be a little riskier, you can take the ride in the stock market. I mean, fun fact here, fun fact, not to go into the political realm, but Donald Trump got a big (laughs) chunk of money from his dad. And he talks about how, you know, he, he made a lot of money over the years. Maybe he did. We don't really know. But if he had just invested in the stock market, if he would just taken everything and put it into a stock market index fund, he would have had more money than he claims to have now just because of the rise in the market. So rise in the market, compound interest, amazing stuff. So you're off to, you're off to a good start. So what about some of the specific questions underneath that? Uh, what about, he started off with, uh, or she, sorry, I shouldn't assume. Um, he or she started out with, Roth IRA, what do you, what do you think yeah. about that one?
1: So let's talk, these are um, different account types. So the first the question is gonna be, where does this money sit? Am I putting it in Robinhood, you know, in my brokerage account? Is it in an, a Roth IRA or traditional IRA? Maybe I'm employed and I have a chance at a 401k. So where are we saving money? And you can go back to an episode I just had with uh, Megan from Murata on wealth and Marada on money blog and we had a waterfall which accounts to save where so when you've had that extra hundred dollars where do you save it okay so check that out but in general I highly recommend the Roth IRA to put money in as much as possible into that why it's tax-free forever so that's great your future self will definitely thank you for having this Compound growth that will never ever be taxed and the other reason is why because you're young You're probably in a very low tax bracket and so therefore take the tax hit now at that very low tax bracket You'll pay the taxes now when it goes in the Roth IRA and then inside the Roth IRA You can do investing you can buy individual stocks. You can buy mutual funds. You can buy ETFs You can buy all kinds of stuff inside of your Roth IRA So my best recommendation will be if you can and you're young get it into that roth ira as much as you can every year
0: yeah you know it's amazing one of the things that's that's really stuck with me from doing this show is it's great when you can boil things down to one line of <laughs> advice pay your taxes when they're low it's, that it's it seems so intuitively obvious but i, I it it really kind of hit me in the face when you said it it's it's if you're in a low tax bracket Now is a great time to to pay the taxes that might be due at some point. You don't want to pay them when the rate is going to be higher. So makes all kinds of sense. So Roth IRA, you pay the taxes up front, and then that's it. You're done.
1: That's right. That's exactly right. And then once, so that remember there are three different ca- account types. There's your taxable, where you're just taxed on interest and dividends every year. There's tax free, which is the Roth, and there you pay the taxes upfront, and then it's tax free forever. And then there's tax deferred. That's your 401k or your traditional with the capital T, IRA, and there you take it off your tax. You do not pay taxes now, and you'll pay them in the future. All right. So definitely young, low tax bracket got a long, long runway. You don't want the compounding growth to pay taxes on that later. That's why you don't want to use the traditional. So say you're a 24 year old and you're getting that first job and getting your 401k, use the Roth side of your 401k, not the traditional side. Why? Because if you put in ten, $100 today and it grows to $10,000 40 years from now, you'll pay taxes on the whole 10,000. Whereas right now you only pay taxes on the hundred. Okay. So you know, that's another reason you don't want that all that compounding growth to compound and pay taxes on that big account value in the future. Now, and, uh, just oh, yeah, to things—oh,
0: I was just going to ask. Maybe this is making things a little too complicated. But nowadays, young people in their careers change jobs fairly often, more often yeah. than people did in the past. So it could be a situation not like our listeners' exact situation because she or he is 18. But maybe you're still, you'd qualify as a young investor, but maybe you're a few years further ahead. And so you've had a 401k in your first job. Maybe you're fortunate enough to have a 401k. <laughs> now you're switching to another job. So would it be would it be a good move while you're still in a relatively low tax bracket to roll over that 401k to an IRA and convert it to a Roth now?
1: <laughs> well, now you're getting very complicated, Matt. I'm, I know. Come I on, know. man. Yeah. Seriously.
0: I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to go with the theme <laughs> of get up. it into the Roth. Roth get, it up. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, you definitely want to put as much money as possible into the Roth. There. There you go. There um, you go. So, One simple line, yeah. right? Get it's as like, much much money into Roth as possible.
0: My kids love watching Kids Baking Championship, and the host says, like, it's simple. <laughs> when you're baking, toast your nuts. Just if, if you've got nuts in your baking, toast them. Simple. It's straightforward.
1: Right. So maximize Roth, leaving that in your court and moving on, Matt. <laughs> about to- on. toasted about, nuts. Well, what about um, the target date fund? Okay. part of Okay, so this. that's what I want to talk about next. Yeah, is yeah, yeah. now we've now we've talked about which account type? Okay. Really look into the Roth, young, long time horizon, Roth accounts across the board. Okay. What do you invest in? All right. So let's talk about this a little bit. Target date funds are, uh, we've had that episode, you know, on here all about them. It's a mix of stocks and bonds. When you're 18, they're going to put you, uh, you're going to buy a target date fund for like (laughs) 2075. I don't even know if those exist yet, but you know, something far in the future. They're invested 90% in the stock market and 10% in the bond market. Now, if you're 18, I don't even know why you'd have 10% in the bond market. This is money you're putting away for 40 years. And I'm trying to remember if any 40, I think there's a small percentage, two to 3% of 40 year time horizons in the past history that have outperformed the stock market. In other words, it barely ever happens. So you want 100% of that money in the stock market. Okay, <clears throat> because, so I wouldn't even go with the target date fund if you're 18, 22. i just go 100% like total U.S. stock market, total uh, international no. stock market. Just put it in there, set it and forget it. You are not spending these, and don't worry about it going down by 20 or 30%. You haven't lost any money. You're not spending that money for 40 or 50 years. You haven't lost anything. Okay, so that's the don't even look at the statements. now.
0: And you're talking, you're talking yep. low... Low-cost index fund here, right? You just yep. want to own the U.S. stock
1: market. Yep, yeah. Right, right, so right. that's a place to, that's a place to start. Okay, now let me get you one better than that, all right? Because I've got <clears throat> some statistics here, and I'll reference these in the show notes. Um, but let's look at rate of return. Okay, for the U.S. U.S. market. So the U.S large cap stock market. So if you bought the total US market, you're 80% in what we call big companies because they dominate the the market index, okay? So the rate of return for the last 92 years is just about 10% a year, okay, for the large stock market. That's the average rate of return over the last 92 years, 10%. That's pretty good, you're getting 10% kind of year in and year out for the next 40 years. Talk about compounding, oh my goodness. Right. I'm actually now becoming very jealous.
0: Right, right, right. Again, Donald Trump example. Look, we're all not going to inherit three hundred million dollars from our, our our father, but no matter what your starting point is, it is amazing if you're in the stock if you're earning that amount and you're compounding over time. It is incredible how much that builds up to.
1: Yeah, let me tell you. So a hundred dollars, Matt, over forty years, grows to over six thousand dollars. A 100 bucks. Simple, hundred bucks. Wow. Okay so it, it compound is crazy all right so there's the u.s so that's like a total u.s stock market or the s p 500 you know those large companies we're getting about 10 percent can we do better than that yeah potentially potentially so let's go down to one of my favorites the u.s small cap value all right so <clears throat> quick refresher you got big companies and small companies all right this is uh, what we call market capitalization how but just think of it how big the company is Apple Microsoft Amazon these are massive companies they are big companies um, the little companies you don't really know but they're public companies thousands of them <clears throat> that just aren't that big but they chug along they're making you know the products inside of your cars or you know the, the chips inside of your cell phones all those all those things um, and so there's thousands of these smaller companies all right so we want to invest maybe invest in those small companies and then the value and growth there's a value side uh, to these companies or growth side uh, certain companies are in the growth certain companies are in the value i'm not going to get into it now but the the academics okay love to research this over the past 92 years which has done better big companies or small companies hey let's draw a line in the sand where big and small is and we can measure this stuff now and right. get data and, and slice and dice it same with value and growth certain metrics hey draw a line in the sand one half of the companies are value, one half of them are growth, you know, and let's measure and see which is done better. Now, there are low cost index funds that you can invest in just small companies. Cool. Or we can just invest in small cap value companies. So, let's look at the historical returns, Matt. I told you for big companies here in the U.S., 10% a year. The small value companies over the last 92 years, over 13% a year.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: Now... you're like, geez, it doesn't seem like that big a difference. But the compounding is amazing, okay? So that is just going to work out in your favor, potentially, over a long period of time, holding that small cap value fund instead of just S&P 500 fund.
0: Wow. Wow. And you're not saying exclusively, necessarily, to go small cap, but as you begin to assemble a portfolio it should be in the mix it should be a healthy part of the mix if you're young
1: yeah well i would say you could go exclusive wow. on this wow. yeah if you're like 18 22 25 you could just put knowing that this money these couple of years or this five year period you know you're going to hold for 40 years this is long term investing set it and forget it you can go 100% wow. low cost index fund for small cap value and then add to that portfolio over time then once you get into your late 20s and 30s you can start buying some other parts to round out the portfolio but you're letting this this initial investment ride for the long term let me give you another example of where this recommendation comes in i talk to a lot of parents that have very young kids okay 2-year-olds, 5-year-olds. Hey, and they and they're interested in investing. I'm talking to the parents, right? And they say, "Well, we like investing, maybe my kids interested in getting to be 8 or 9 <clears throat> or they know that <clears throat> this compounding effect for the long term. So you can, you know, for a newborn or you could or if you're about to have a kid or you got a 5-year-old, you could set aside some money just in the ear market for them. Doesn't have to be in their account necessarily, but there are ways you can do that. And you can invest a few thousand bucks, a few hundred bucks, a few thousand bucks. Now you're not starting when you're 18, but you're starting when the kid's two. Wow. And then how many more years of compounding do you have, right? And so there's another recommendation where I'd say, pick something that has an historical long-term, the highest return we can sort of find, you know, in the low cost index fund. And again, set it and forget it. Put in 400 bucks just in this one fund. And there it is for the next 50 years.
0: So we've got time for just one more aspect of the listener's question. Uh, in the question here, it alludes to what about foreign markets? Now, I know you and I have it on our to-do list to do a whole show about foreign stock and and, and what, what how to think about that, but... What do you make of that aspect of it?
1: Yeah, so there's two other questions here. I definitely want to hit on. I love that the foreign markets. Am I even old enough to do that? Yeah, def- definitely old enough to get into the foreign markets. Again, they're bought and sold here on the, the U.S. exchanges. So you could buy low-cost index funds for emerging markets. You can do country specific. You can do total ex- what we call XUS. So everything that's not US, but a globally diversified portfolio of everything that's not US. Right. All those come in low-cost index funds. And there's great, again, the academics do research research, you know, on how they've performed over time. And so definitely I would do some, what I would do for this person is start doing a little research. I've mentioned a bunch of different, what we call asset classes, big companies, small companies, etc. So do some research on those, start to learn what are these asset classes? Where are the investments? You know, how do they look and feel? What has been the historical return? That would be some great knowledge um, for investing moving forward. And then finally, I did want to hit on the idea, should I choose individual companies, you know, invest in what I know. And that's another great idea, especially in terms of learning about investing. So I would definitely take some money and say, great, I'm gonna put $100 into Nvidia or Activision or, you know, whatever you're interested in, Snapchat or Facebook or whatever it is and say, I think this company is gonna continue to do well. I'm gonna take a hundred bucks and put it in there. Get to know the markets, get to know how it feels to you as your investment is going up and down, um, and really learn that while you're young with not too much money, while there's not a lot at risk.
0: Right, makes a lot of sense to me. Well, look, there's there's a story that's that's gone around that I think is mostly true. I've, I've actually looked it up, that there was a town where one investment advisor told his clients, just buy Coca-Cola. You know why? People like the taste, and that whole town became made up of coke millionaires because that's what they did they found a company they liked and they stuck with it so good all-around advice congratulations to our listener for getting interested in all of this so early on it's gonna do you well in the long term mike warden thanks for all of the guidance
1: thanks matt